Podcast. This is episode 26. With me, as always, is David, the butter of palm drippings. Simonton. <laughs> that, that sounds... That sounds quite bad, actually. <laughs> it's the only thing that can come to my mind. The That's butter. What you think of when you think of me? Palm of butter drippings. The butter of palm drippings. You got it. Oh backwards. my bad. Well, I think it means the same thing either way. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, Chris, I can't deny it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Yes. Well, uh, so we're going to start off as we always do with uh, what we're reading right now. So, David, what are you reading? Uh, well, I've I've read some some crap uh, outside of new comics. Um, I I have all these trade paperbacks and omnibuses and all that stack. You, literally about two hundred of them, no lie, that I have not read yet that I've gotten throughout the years. So I just roll and randomly uh, choose what I'm going to read. So it it wound up being the Venom. Don't even ask why I have this. The Venom Omnibus Volume Two, oh. which was the second uh, the second part of all of the many 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 series that came out i guess in the 90s i don't know oh. somewhere around you know 90s and i don't know if it was late 80s but at least the 90s um the reason i have it honestly is because i didn't read that crap in the 90s um <laughs> i didn't read a lot of crap in the 90s because the 90s were so awful so as much as i love reading comics i'm like you know i haven't read those yet they're all together maybe it'll at least Sometimes it's more fun to read them all together than, you know, if you're buying them new, you know, you're paying full price for them and you have to wait a month to read another piece of crap, but if you <laughs> read it all together, it's, it may be crappy, but it's at least entertaining. So I read that and yeah, it was, it was terrible. Who wrote those? It was, I know Larry Hama wrote a bunch, which, okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, he's good for GI Joe. He He's not good for mainstream superhero comics. So, right. Um, and the art, I don't even remember all the artists. It was just so many bad artists, I can't even name them. But it was, they're I, horrible. I guess that I'm just in the distinct minority in that I've just never found Venom interesting. Never. I, I don't like them either. So I've gotten to the point in life, and we've probably talked about this before, I don't even question my interests anymore. If if I were to wake up tomorrow and want to read a My Little Pony comic book, which I can promise you won't happen, but if it did, you never know. I'm just I don't even question it anymore. Never I say just never. Do it. Right, I just do it. Um, I also read a trade paperback came out uh two or three years ago, Spider Man and Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts with the uh, Mysterio's first appearance and just has random stories throughout Spider Man's history. So that was that was fun. I also read uh, Lucifer, uh, the first trade paperback from the second comic book. Series. I'm sorry, did you call him Loose Lucifer or just Lucifer? <laughs> uh, he didn't sleep with a lot of people in here, so I don't know about the loose part. Uh, I don't want to know. No, no, no. Yeah, Mr. Palm of Butter Drippings or Butter of Palm Drippings, whatever you said. Um, but yeah, the Lucifer was good. Um, I read... Because I think you made fun of it recently, I read the John Byrne Doom Patrol omnibus. <laughs> if it's Doom Patrol, even though I have every issue, I'm going to still buy them. The omnibuses, that's I just I'm a sucker for it. I think uh, you told me at some time at some point that that is just so horrible. It's it, it okay. It's Byrne, so it's darn entertaining regardless. <laughs> but but it was bad. It was bad. He he it it uh. There was no longer any prior Doom Patrol continuity. It was as if they had appeared for the first time. Made no sense. But all right, I got uh, a question for you. It, it, it just yes. it just popped in my mind, and and this is not our topic. But if you were to think of the worst burn mainstream comic, the worst thing he did. Now he's done lots of stuff. I mean, he's done some really weird things. Like he's, yeah. he's done some, these Star Trek comics that use images from the, yeah. the show. I, I don't even understand that, but I mean, right. he's done that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about Marvel DC. What's the worst thing that he did in Marvel for Marvel and DC? Uh, uh, DC Labrats. 
came out uh, probably a little <laughs> bit before the student program. I don't even know what that is. No, no, no. You don't. You don't need to. It's just a bunch of like teenage kids who have powers because they were lab rats in some experiment. And wasn't that I the same thing I, as the next man that he did? Isn't that the same idea? Which, of course, is the same idea as the X Men. Yes. So, uh, yeah. It, it wasn't any good. I, I, I don't remember much anything about it because I didn't read every issue. Um, but I do remember that the African-American kid in there had that stereotypical, like, flat top haircut that, you know, is a little high and just flat on the top. It's And, and I mean, this wasn't even, this was like a decade later when that right. style was there so it's like it you know it, it's always like yeah you know, it, it, comic books always you know they're behind the times anyway i think but burn super behind the times these days but uh or those days that was still you know 15 17 years ago but regardless yeah lab rats um the worst i would uh, i would i would put good. it as uh spider-man chapter one. Oh yeah Okay, that's the worst because he tried to rewrite Spider Man's origin and yeah. didn't do anything new. No, well, well, he, you know, the the origin was a little different because the lab he was in blew up <laughs> and killed a bunch of people, and Doctor Octopus was there, and that that formed Doctor Octopus somehow. Like melded the explosion melded his metallic okay. arms to his yeah. skin or something stupid. I I don't know. I, I'm trying to forget it, Chris and. And you brought it back up. And he made him look exactly Awful. like he did as Peter Parker. He looked ex- now. Now here's something: Byrne can draw a darn good Spider-Man. Yes, and, and I do like his Spider-Man. In fact, it was kind of retro-looking when that was out of style. And uh, but his, like Peter Parker, he looked exactly like Ditko's Peter Parker. And in, in like he was supposed to be living in like the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sorry, I, I digress. I digress. Yeah, let's revamp and make him more uh, more modern, but let's draw him like the 60s. Right. Uh, final thing I read was, and again, don't ask, but it was a Wolverine epic collection. Came out mm. in the 90s. A um, bunch of different people did it. Uh, and thank <laughs> the Rob, They used a Rob Liefeld cover. Thankfully, he only did two issues. Um, Ian Churchill drew some that continued those particular two issues. And I like Ian Churchill. He's a good artist, but uh, it, one of the Cuberts drew him. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, It it also reprinted Wolverine origins, which Adam Kubert or Andy, whatever. Um, I was thinking it was the one from the video game. mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) That took me five seconds to get that. Yeah. um, One of the Cuberts. One of the Cuberts. (laughs) I was never any good at that video game. Um, so that's what I've been reading. What have you been reading? Uh, well, here's here's a uh, here's a truthful statement. I haven't read anything new since the last time we uh, did a show. Been busy with other right. things. However, I have been doing something comic book related, and that is I have been uh, one of the things I, I I my personal birthday gift to myself this past year was the new Lego. Daily Bugle Building, which is mm-hmm. almost 4,000 pieces uh, and has a, a pretty much every major and even some minor uh, Spider-Man characters as part of it. It's this huge thing. Uh, it's taken, I'm, I'm still only just making very small progress on it. And it even has the Spider-Mobile climbing up the side of the building. Uh, lots of Easter eggs all over it and uh, just really having a good time with that. And it's made me want to dive back into some Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, you've posted pictures of it and it looks awesome. I love it. It's amazing. I mean, there are like so many little things. Like there's a there's a hidden little thing that is a, uh, it's webbing and you lift it up and it's Peter Parker's backpack is stuffed in there. Oh yeah? And I mean, it's like all these tiny Easter eggs that if you've read the comics throughout the years, you'll you'll catch all of these jokes that are all over it. It's really neat. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, keep keep posting pictures of that. Okay. Uh, really cool. Uh, one more quick thing uh, before we get into the main topic is, uh, in terms of new comic books, uh, there's a like there's like a a little 
crossover miniseries type of thing called Dark Hold. I don't know if you've read it. It just came out. No. I didn't really, I didn't buy it when it came out because, I mean, it, it looks fine. Um, but it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I can't read everything. So, you know, I didn't order it. But when the, uh, there was uh, Dark Hold Alpha and Dark Hold Omega, and then there was a bunch of one issues, one shots featuring different Marvel heroes, you know, in between. Uh, but on a, a variant cover of Darkhold Omega, uh, the character from the 70s, Omega, was on it. Really? And I thought, well, that's that's interesting. Um, okay, you know, and so he, he's always been one of my all-time favorite characters. And uh, so I was like, well, I'll buy it just for the cover alone. Just, you know, they just probably threw him on there because it's called Darkhold Omega just to be sort of be funny. Well, I read it, and after 40 years, he shows back up out of the blue. And <laughs> even though he's supposed to be dead, but that's okay. And I was Well, just it's like, Marvel, so of course he's I know, gonna... I know. That's true. And I was like, you know, the, the lights of heaven came down and, you know, shown him. Oh, I was so happy. <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen any solicitations uh, anywhere, you know, for the next two or three months of stuff coming out that apparently has them in it. So I have no idea what they're going to do with that, but I loved it. I'm like, I mean, there was like a, um, a limited series, maybe 15 or 16 years ago. That right. Was, uh, right. It was sort of out of Marvel continuity. It was just sort of its own thing. It, I mean, it retold the original story plus added other weirdness to it. And it was done by, you know, like in the indie style writers and artists. So it wasn't really necessarily part of the Marvel universe. So I don't really count that as, Right. Well, he made an appearance. You know, he basically hasn't been around since the 70s. So I am so excited. Hopefully, whatever they do with him, if they do anything with him, and I don't know why they would have waited, bring it, brought him back to not do anything with him. I'm really looking forward to, hopefully they'll do it right, whatever it is. Well, I have a couple of thoughts about that. First of all, I need to, I need to read this. I, I, I don't know at all what you're, what this is about. I'm, I'm a little behind on that. So, uh -huh. um, but is it, it's two issues and then it crosses over into other, is that? Is yeah, that it's uh dark cold alpha and dark cold Omega as the bookends and in between or maybe five or six, you know, one shots with different Marvel characters, Spider-Man and blade and who writes it. I don't even remember. That's the thing. It's like, huh. it was fine. I mean, I enjoyed it, but. The funny thing is you don't really have to read anything in between. You can just read Alpha and Omega and be fine with it. Um, and did it seem like, my question is, did it seem like the point of doing this whole series was to bring Omega back? Was that the point? Uh, I don't know. It was so random. It was just like he wasn't in the first issue. He only showed up sort of halfway through or maybe near the end of the second issue. And it was just out of nowhere. He just showed up and, you know, fought the bad guys or whatever. Hmm. And that was it. And I, I was just like, what in the world, you know? So, but, you know, it was, like I said, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Uh, hopefully they won't screw him up or, you know, I don't know. You know, it, the, the cynical side of me uh, is thinking, are they, you know, because like, a lot of obscure characters have turned into kind of cash cows for Marvel studios. And so right. it makes me wonder, are they bringing him back so they can kind of get him back into everybody's consciousness so he can be included in movies? I don't know. Who knows? I, you know, and it's, it's weird because who in the world would even know who he is? I well, mean, even I mean, who knew really... Honest to God, most people, even if they knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, they could care less. Right. You're and, right. You know, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, maybe that's a property they want to develop at some point. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know either. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So our, ish, our issue, yes, it's a publishing house. Our episode today is we're going back into the well of Spider-Man. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that Spider-Man is uh, absolutely a favorite character. Um, and no, I haven't seen the new movie. Truth be told, uh, I didn't want to get COVID a second time. So 
<laughs> I didn't want to go into a movie theater and experience that, but but I, I do want to see it at some point. But uh, lots of Spider-Man stuff happening uh, right now. So uh, our topic this week is to take a look at the villains of Spider-Man. And I asked David to uh, let me know at least three of his favorite villains. Uh, Spider-Man has one of the more extensive rogues galleries in the Marvel Universe. And I also wanted to know some of his least favorites. Uh, so we're going to be sharing some of those with you today. David, you want to go ahead and get started? Yes, I, I will say ahead of time, I have two favorites, two least favorites, and one that can fit in both. <laughs> so my first one, uh, we're starting with favorites. Sure. Okay. My first one, uh, my, my absolute favorite is uh, Mysterio. Absolutely. Um, he's... I, and I think the main reason is because of his costume. I just love his costume. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Ditko created some crazy looking costumes, and I assume Stick, Ditko created it. He drew him first. Did you call him Stitko? I did, Stitko. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't talk to that. Um, I so, like that, though. It kind of Stitko. fits him. That's kind of the yes. way he drew things, Stitko. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, first appeared in Amazing Spider Man number 13. Uh, back in the 60s mm-hmm. um he is uh, quentin beck underneath that glass dome helmet that makes zero sense and would seem dangerous for his face <laughs> when he's punched and it's busted but it still looks cool it does i'm not sure but he's not even he doesn't even i mean he why is he hiding a secret identity everybody knows who he is but so uh he's a master illusionist uh he's a roboticist um he's a, an original member of the sinister six but I, I don't I, I don't necessarily know what threat he is because once you fought him the first time, you know that anything coming at you in a battle with him is not real. So just punch him and be done with it. But I, I love him anyway. Um, he recently appeared in a uh, uh, series that came out about a year ago, the Mary Jane uh, comic book series. I don't know if yeah. you read it, but no, I didn't. It was surpri- surprisingly good. I have yeah. no idea why, but uh he was, she was actually making a movie with him. He had sort of reformed and, uh, anyway, so he was sort of a regular outside of the costume, but, uh, so yeah, that's, what, what do you think of Mysterio? I love Mysterio and mostly it has to do with the costume. It, it doesn't really yeah. have anything to do with the character. No. Um, when I was a kid, that costume kind of scared me. I mean, it was, had a, it was really like the way I always looked at it as a kid and I, you know, I could be wrong about this, but it, it always looked like he really, his head was the bubble and those things that were holding his costume or his, his cape on looked like eyes. Do you know, yeah. what I, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So yeah. I thought, so as a kid, I thought, hey, you know, that's just really creepy looking. Um, since then, they've started doing this thing where they, they sort of make the shadow of his head appear inside the, the right. dome. I, I don't like that as much. I like the idea that it's just clouds. You know, that you don't really know what's inside under that dome. Um, yeah. But uh, wasn't he a villain for Daredevil at one time? He was in Kevin Smith's Daredevil story. Right. Told, uh, Karen, uh, what's her name? And um, how do I, how do I not, how have I forgotten her last name? Page. Um, Karen Page killed her and then killed himself, I think, or something. Um, and he's, he's since gotten better, but... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, he was he was in that story. It was a good as, story, as one does after yeah. a suicide. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Mysterio is is awesome, and uh, particularly. Well, I'll talk about something else involving Mysterio in a little bit. My my first one. Are you are you good to go on? Yes. Yeah. I'm good. All right. My first one is one that is not. Well, let, let me put it back. Let me let me take it back a little bit. My first favorite is one who appeared in Spider-Man very early, but has never been used that much. And that's the chameleon. Yeah. I love the idea of the chameleon. I think the costume looks cool. The sort of blank face. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the question that Ditko later created. Uh, I love the costume. I love the idea of sort of uh, a villain who can change uh, to look like anyone, but they don't, I don't recall a recent story using the chameleon. Do you? He shows up every now and then, but not not as often as you would think. No. Um, good character. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, 
way underused to me. Yeah, I mean, he has so much potential because he can be anybody. And, you know, who needs scrolls when you got, you know, the chameleon? But he's, yeah, you know, use them more. That's what I say. I agree with you. Right. All right, so what's your next? Uh, my next, it's going to be a little weird because although I love the Green Goblin, um, I'm going to go with the Hobgoblin. That's funny. That would have been my next choice, too. Really? Yeah, yeah. he... I love the costume, and I know he's—I mean, he's obviously a—you know—a ripoff of Green Goblin, of course. But the Green Goblin, I think, was dead at the time. Um, the costume's great. I, I remember when the uh, it, when he first showed up. You know, we didn't know what his identity was, and they tricked us into thinking it was Ned Leeds or something, and turned out it was somebody. I, to be honest, I'm really confused about the whole thing. Um, <laughs> You're not the only but, one. Yeah. Uh, but Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. created him um, back in uh, Spider-Man number 238. Uh, he was just, I loved him because the, those first few, you know, story arcs he was in, you didn't know who he was. They were really making it up. Turned out he wasn't anybody, anybody cared about, but it was, they were just great. Just the whole uh, mystery of it and everything. And actually, you know, in the nineties, uh, either he did or, Someone else became the demo goblin, you know, and, and it was some demon hobgoblin. It was terrible. But back when he was just the hobgoblin, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely. That that era of comics for Spider-Man was really, really strong. Uh, I loved that character, even though it really wasn't much of a character. Uh, it was more of just sort of the image of that character right. Um, right. and the and the mystery. It was one of those cases where... Uh, you know, the mystery is greater than the solution. Yeah. Um, and they, they really had no end game. I don't know that they, they even had any idea who the Hobgoblin was when they were writing it. <laughs> I don't think so. So, because uh, Ned Leeds, I mean, who cares if, if right, it would have been him? Right. Who cares? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely. That character is, uh, phenomenal because it, it just, it held your interest, the mystery of that and the, the, the costume, the look of the character held your interest. I agree. I, I like all those types of characters like Jack-O-Lantern and uh, yeah, all that. I, I put Jack-O-Lantern on a second tier. Uh, he was he, he was one that I was looking at as a favorite, even though Jack-O-Lantern, I think, has been like about 20 different people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember what comic book he first appeared in? I have no idea. Uh, Steve Ditko's Machine Man issues. Really? Yeah. Those Machine Man things, that, that's really... The whole Machine Man thing kind of holds a lot of the Marvel Universe within it, and that is so strange. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was his first appearance. All right. So well, go ahead. No, I was done. I was done. So this is kind of a cheat, but I really couldn't think of a better way to say it because when I look at the sort of main villains of Spider-Man, no one of them particularly... Outside of Mysterio, no, not one of them really stands out as a really as a really super strong character. So the Sinister Six is what I would say. I I I think that's the of all the different versions of villain teams, whether it's the you know the Secret Society of Supervillains for DC or whatever it is, none of them compare to the Sinister Six. That is a strong. They can. I'm really sort of surprised they've never created a series around that group of characters because they're all very strong when they're together. There may have been like a sinister foes of Spider-Man or something. There was that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, the last time I remember the sinister six having a decent story uh, was in the, it was the Spider-Man comic that McFarlane started, but it, it wasn't McFarlane writing it. Eric Larson yeah. drew it. And it was a, that was a pretty good, uh, run for the Sinister Six. Uh, it's the idea that you you know you you couldn't you can't maintain a really long story with any of those characters, uh, with the exception maybe of Craven or well Doctor Octopus. But I mean nobody's looking for a long six issue story about the Vulture. I mean, just uh, you know, you know, interesting character, but I don't know that you want a really long involved story. But when you put them all together. 
it's, you know, you've got a lot of variety and you can really put Spider-Man through his paces. So who are the six original members? Oh, all right. Mysterio, uh, the Vulture, Craven the Hunter, uh, Dr. Octopus. Oh, man. The Lizard? Is is the Lizard? What what about Electro? Did you say Electro? Electro. 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 And then, was it the Lizard? Let's see. The original, <laughs> I just picked it up. Original incarnation. Uh, Dr. Octopus, Vulture, Electro, Mysterio, Sandman, and Craven. Sandman. Uh, a character that I really like, so I, I can't remember. I can't believe I didn't think of him. Uh, Between Sandman and Hydro Man, there's no way anybody in reality could beat them, especially <laughs> Hydro Man. He would, I mean, honestly, he would just drown you. There's, you can't stop water. So, anyway, I've always been mad at that. It's like, why? Why is he so easy to beat? He's he could he could kill you. I mean, just, there's no way to stop him. Just he can just drown anybody. But anyway, uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Also, while I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw uh, the second of the the newest. I think this was uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home that had Mysterio in it. Have I you did not? Okay, it's an interesting take on Mysterio. It's probably about as good a version that, as you're going to see. Okay. Um, and it and it. It doesn't seem like it's going to play to the way the character is in the comics, but it does. Okay. It's, it's right. actually I pretty, that, I think it's pretty loyal to the comics. I really do. Okay, um, cool. Is the costume? Yeah, almost identical. Almost really? identical. I was, wow. that. that's really amazing when you think about it. Now it yeah. has, it okay. has that thing that, that superhero uh, films, have a tendency to do and it just drives me crazy that where they everybody has to take their mask off all the time yeah it has that i mean I, that's in everything unfortunately i mean i've been watching the uh the book of boba fett on uh disney plus and you know it's like every other minute he's taking his helmet off I'm like why do you have a helmet if you're taking it off all the time if, and people are trying and, pe and people are trying to kill you why are you taking your helmet off right <laughs> why does captain america wear a mask you know everybody knows he's steve rogers so yeah i, I agree and well you know stephen king wrote a an entire book about mysterio what yeah it's called under the dome <laughs> This is autobiography. <laughs> that is so awful. That is so. But you, but you laugh. That That's is so is. awful. And what's even worse is that I fell for it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're like what? <laughs> yeah. All okay, right. My, so my mission is accomplished. So if if I if I heard you correctly, you're done with your favorites. Yes. So let's let's move to least favorites. Who's who's at the bottom of the list? <laughs> The hypno hustler. <laughs> I really thought the big wheel was going to be in there. I love the big wheel too much to to for that. I just the big wheel. I mean, I will buy anything the big wheel is in. He could he could be in My Little Pony comic book, and I would buy it. He could buy in the Adventures of Barbie, and I would buy it. I or, would buy anything Big Wheel is. I in. thought maybe Big Wheel or Stegron. Stegron. I don't care for Stegron, but you know, he's no different than the lizard. So he's, he's, you know, he's, he's not lame. He's just, un, he's, he's unnecessary. You know, I, I don't care for the lizard. I'm not a giant fan either, but. Um, and I really don't like what they've done lately by making his family lizards too. Uh, and the lizard was a professor at college as the lizard. I don't know. <laughs> well, class, it's good to see all of you. <laughs> I mean, that's this one. Well, that's my that's my best. I mean, wouldn't you figure he's got that gigantic mouth that doesn't articulate? So it would have it would have to, and it's full of teeth. Uh, so it would have to be <laughs> it would have to be kind of mushy. <laughs> well, guys, nice to meet you. <laughs> 
fucking stick run is. Professor Stegrod. That's all I got. Excuse me, Doctor Stegrod. I, I think you misgraded my 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 essay. I'm going to drain my lizard now. <laughs> Oh, well, that went south really fast. Yes. So back to the hypno hustle. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. (laughs) He he appeared in Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number 24 back in 1978. He was like this disco dude. Uh, he, He had the bright sort of glowy disco outfit and like a afro and these giant glasses and it was just it was hideous um his name was antoine del swan or something like that uh he was the lead singer of the mercy killers and his power was he had hypnosis with the aid of his guitar (laughs) so all you got to do is take the guitar out of his hand or unplug it and you're and he's done um but his boots would emit knockout gas. Well, his boots. As I get older, when he the shoes off. As, I, as I get older, I have that problem frequently. But do you also have knives in the soles of your of your boots? I I just have knives in my soul. Uh, yeah, that that happened. We're all bitter at this age. So. <laughs> So the hypno hustle, yeah. <laughs> it had to be the seventies. Nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, as a as a comic book creator, you just sit there and go, you know, I've got to think of something, someone worthy. You know, the the Rhino can't beat him. The Juggernaut, who's unstoppable, can't beat him. But maybe the hypno hustler can. So. <laughs> I mean, now granted, when I was young and I looked at Hustler magazine, I was hypnotized. But that's a whole completely different thing. I would oh, see, I can't, com- I can't compete. I actually, I wasn't even thinking along those lines. So, so my least favorite, my first one, it's, it'll be a good break from the hypno hustler. Uh, I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> the hypno hustler, um, but my first uh, of of my least favorite is one that was it's he seemed to show up over and over and over again. I guess because they just didn't have anything better, and that is Tombstone. And he he showed up in something I read like yesterday. I can't remember what it was. So on a whole, I don't like these organized crime villains, uh, even if they have powers. But I mean, like some of them are just. Just really like, I mean, very close to being Dick Tracy villains. Hammerhead. Tomb- I love Hammerhead. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. I love Hammerhead. No idea why. Tombstone, who I think is just, he's supposed to be like stone, like indestructible right. or something. I mean, it's just, I just remember in the, seems like in the late 80s, early 90s, there was just story after story after story that had Tombstone in it. And I could care less. Right. Right. So, he was, yeah, he was like an albino. And he also had fangs, though. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, albino, that's, that's, that's cool. He looks a little different than your average person, but fangs? Where did he get fangs? He's not a vampire, I don't think. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but it, that was that, if I saw Tombstone on an issue, I was not interested at all. I think he threw Robbie Robertson out of a plane or something back in the Sal Buscema Peter Parker issues or something. I knew Sal Buscema, Sal Buscema may have created him or co-created him. I, I can't remember because the only images I have in my mind of him are Sal Buscema kind of drawings. Yeah, I, mine too. So, mine too. I, oh, I don't like the rose either. No, he was created by 
uh, is it Jerry or Gary Conway? Do you know? I think Gary, but I'm not positive. All right, and um, Alex Saviuk. There you go. And, you go. and his description online is, his, his real name is, <laughs> this is not an intimidating name. His real name is Lonnie Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> and the only description of him is an albino mob enforcer. I mean, doesn't he, I mean, isn't there more to the character than him just being an albino? Is that supposed to be a superpower? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never cared for him either. He's just, why? You know, I, I don't like mobster characters either, other than Hammerhead, <laughs> who, I, who I absolutely adore. It, and it, he's nothing but a knockoff of uh, Flat Top from Dick Tracy. That Max Allen Collins probably wrote. Yeah, unfortunately. You say that with such disgust. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's your next? Next, uh, he he appeared in Spider-Man number 81, uh, The Kangaroo. I... <laughs> Frank Oliver, the kangaroo. Yep. His abilities and his only abilities are air jet enhanced leaping. This sounds like something from uh, brute force. <laughs> brute force could kick his butt, I'm sure. <laughs> so much like the tumbler from Captain America. I mean, okay, if his only thing is jumping in the air and then smashing his feet down on you, like stomping on you. Oh, I'm looking at a cover with the kangaroo on it. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yes. Air jet enhanced leaping. So, which means he can leap higher than normal. So, as he's leaping, get the heck out of the way. You know what I mean? He, <laughs> he has to first go up. Yes. And then gravity pulls him back down. So, you got two or three seconds there, at least. As soon as you see him leap. Just move to the left or, or move to the right. Granted, it would hurt more if he hit you than the tumbler rolling into you. But all he's really doing is just stomping on you. So if you're like standing up straight, he probably, unless he can jump really high, which I, I can't remember, how's he even going to get above your head to stomp on you? <laughs> but again, just move out of the way. There, there's no threat whatsoever. And sp with Spider-Man's spotty sense, he's going to know this way ahead of time. If Spider-Man can dodge a bullet, he can dodge someone taking the time to jump in the air and then jump and then land back down on him. Right. I, I will say one thing you said a minute ago, because you were talking about flat top and how you like flat top. Oh, flat top. Did you say flat top? <laughs> flat top and, and skit go. <laughs> You bet. I meant Hammerhead. You were talking about how you like Hammerhead. I like the Rose. I did like that character. And the only reason I can think that I like that character was because he was around during the Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends era oh, yeah, yeah. of Spider-Man. And I loved that era. That's kind of when I got back into comics. And I think I just have a, just a nostalgia factor. And that's the only thing that keeps that going for me. Wasn't he a Kingpin's son or something? Yes, Lord. They kept that secret. They were trying to play that as another like hobgoblin. Yeah. Secretly. You know. Uh... Then he then it turns out he's Ned Leeds. <laughs> nice. But I always saw like I have this these images in my head every time I see the rose of him like sniffing a rose. But under that mask, you can't smell anything. <laughs> and we ought to know now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> So anyway, yeah, um, flat thop and stick go. <laughs> Together again for the first time. Yes. So my next uh, least favorite is a collection of characters. And basically the way I put this is any character who has the last name of Smythe. <laughs> Smythe? Like Alistair, is it Smith or Smythe? Oh, oh, you're right. I think it is Smythe. Alistair, the Spider Slayers, anything involving the Spider Slayers and those characters, I, I, it, that group of, of characters related to that and any character related to the Jackal and cloning, those two tiers of characters, <laughs> I hate any of that. 
I agree. I, well, I don't. I don't necessarily hate the spider slayers. I do hate the jackal and the cloning stuff. Yeah, that's dumb. Well, there was a time where it seemed like almost every story was either an Alistair Smythe story or a jackal story, and there were like there was like nothing else. I distinctly remember an issue of Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, that I think Milgram must have done the cover with <laughs> Smythe on it in his like robotish looking form. And <laughs> Silver, wait, no, is Alexander Smythe the same thing as Silvermane or is that a different guy? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was Silvermane I'm thinking of. But yeah, I, I mean, I know who you're talking about too. Um, Silvermane is an aging crime boss. Let me see. I don't even know what Silver. Uh, <laughs> when I pulled up Silvermane online, all I all it <laughs> the only image that's displayed. This is this is the tagline under it: Silvermane's disembodied head by Al Milgram. <laughs> you know. That's all you need to say about that. That tells us everything we need to know. That may have to become my uh, profile picture on Facebook. Please, please do. <laughs> I'll do the hypno hustler as mine. I took right. a picture of him, by the way. <laughs> if you want to look in the messages, but yeah. Uh, do you do you have any other least favorite characters? I have one that's you know both. In oh, that's thing. right. That's right. What? Uh, so who is that? All right. This is a character that uh, there was a uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man, not Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, but Peter Parker Spider-Man volume two from the year 2000 that Paul Jenkins wrote and Mark Buckingham drew. And it was wonderful. Um, it was Spider-Man, the written and drawn the way we all like to think of him as being, you know, uh -huh. um, and he created a character that has gotten such ridicule since then that everybody calls him, you know, maybe Spider-Man's lamest villain. So I, I put him on here, but I personally liked him. His name is a uh, typeface. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's lame, but he's, he had a gimmick. And I, I think a lot of things that set the good uh, villains apart is the ones with gimmicks. Right. It's better. It's better than having someone in a suit shooting blasts out of their gloves. That's just, you know, boring. Um, right. This right. guy, what he did was, he would draw letters on his face, whatever. But he he would carry around like a, a pouch of or a bag of letters that he would throw in the air and they would be different weapons. But and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it was still sort of fun is he would like he could spell through like B-O-M-B in the air and it would spell out bombs. So it would cause an explosion. Hmm. So he could he could, you know, mix different letters. I, again, it sounds dumb. Maybe it is dumb, uh, but. With Paul Jenkins and Mark Buckingham doing that, it was a really fun, you know, sort of classic old style villain. Um, I, I need to go back and read those. Th their whole run was wonderful. Yeah. Hmm. Was okay. Is that collected or do you know? I do not know. There's a there's an era of like the early two thousands because I was I'm looking here that this was in Spider Man Volume Two Number Twenty Three November two thousand. So that late, very late 90s, early 2000s, that there's not a lot of collected editions of that stuff. Huh. Or not in print, at least. Yeah. Right, right. Well, this this uh, run sort of fell to the wayside. It didn't get the attention it deserved. I thought, I, I can't remember if it was when Straczynski was writing Amazing Spider-Man or not, but it was somewhere probably, around that era. Probably, yeah. So, so while you had his very dark, uh, gritty storylines you had more light well they, they weren't all lighthearted, but you had a more classic spider-man feel to the paul jenkins mark buckingham issues and mark buckingham drew a perfect peter parker and uh there i just enjoyed every issue they did so, great stuff all right i'm gonna look that up and read it that i'm very interested in that um all right so i have this is not the trivia by the way, but I just, I have to, I have to do this as we're on this topic. I'm going to name a, uh, a character and you tell me if you think that they are a real Spider-Man villain or not. Okay. Um, sure. Okay. So we'll just do a couple of these. Okay. Uh, living brain. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I mean, I know there are plenty of characters like that. I don't know if they're called the Living Brain or not. I'm going to just say no, but I, I, who knows? Yes, he was uh, January 1964, Lee and Ditko. Uh, I guess, let me see. I've got a couple other here that I was just sort of going to throw out at you. Um, Shafra. Who? Sh- <laughs> what? Shafra. Could you spell that, please? S H A T. H-R-A. Shafra. Um, I, I'm going to go with yes. I've never heard of him. Though. That is true. It is an insectoid creature from the astral plane created by Straczynski and John Romita Jr. Shafra. I don't I mean, remember. I've read it. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that at all. Um, I'll, How about one more? And I'll see if you think this is... Um. Hang on here. Mind worm. Yeah. Um, because, well, I, I know what he looks like. He, he has a giant head and sort of, I don't mean this to sound bad, but this is the only way I know how to describe it. So please forgive my, forgive me. This is not how I mean it, but it looked like he had almost like a, a hair lip cleft, <laughs> you know, cleft. It, there was like a, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, 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 do. don't, I don't mean that to sound negative in any way it's just he had a weird like cleft in his mouth or something and i'm not sure why because a worm doesn't look like that but uh yeah i I read about him actually today doing research for this episode he had something to do with one of the characters i brought up and for some reason in recent issues of spider-man they keep just throwing in there this character of the white rabbit yeah I, i almost threw her in there as a as one you liked or one you didn't like uh, just she's just lame. I, I mean, I don't dislike her, but she's lame. Do you know There's who created her? Man. Um, Salbusima, Demetrius. Really? Yeah, Demetrius with Carrie Gamble and Mike Esposito in 1983. So, if we ever in, interview Demetrius, we got to ask him about that. <laughs> and but you know that character keeps they keep kind of throwing her into issues even yeah. now. I agree. Um, I was going to say that one of my, it was, I couldn't think of this character as a villain, but the Sin Eater, that story, the the initial story of the Sin Eater story is really good, but they've so changed that character. I don't understand even what that character is anymore. Have you read the newest Sin Eater story in Amazing Spider-Man? No. came out a few months ago? No. Yeah, they, they give him powers and stuff in there. I mean, story, but the thing I liked about him was he was, wasn't he just a normal dude? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, great original story. I loved that story. And I think I want to say Kyle Baker inked it. Really? Inked that original story. Yeah. That'd be interesting to go back and see. Yeah. All right. I just thought, I thought those would be uh, entertaining. (laughs) There's also, there's, there's, There's also Grizzly, an ex-professional wrestler that wears a Grizzly Bear-themed outfit. Uh, and the Gibbon? He always the, made it. The Gibbon got killed in a, one of the recent collections of the Nick Spencer. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and darn well he should have. <laughs> uh, and then there is Slide. I oh, can, I, uh, that's awful. That's Tom DeFalco and Sal Buscema. Yeah, he was terrible. The Grizzly was created by Ross Andrew and Jerry Conway. Yep, I I remember that from from the seventies. I remember, I, I loved those. Those that's probably my favorite issues of Spider Man is during that era. But I just remember even as a kid thinking, you know, the Grizzly and the Kangaroo and the Gibbon are all just lame. It's just such seventies stuff. All right, so uh, unless you got something else, I'm going to move on nope. to our actual trivia. You ready? Okay. All right. Yes. So here's our actual trivia. So uh, I just that last bit, I just as I saw a list of characters, I thought it would be interesting. <clears throat> so here's here's what we got. I got 10 of these 
you got a 50-50 chance on all of them because the answer to these questions is either yes or no. So as we've been we've been talking about comics, we've all, we've also talked over the course of of uh, episodes about movies and comics based on movies. So now I'm going to flip this. And uh, early on, particularly Star Wars, made it incredibly popular for Marvel and DC to create comics based on movies. Star Wars was the was the big breakout success of that, right? I mean, I'm sure you owned right. it as a child. I owned it. Uh, I mean, like every kind of Star Wars comic I could get my hand on. So Are here's the ones that you traded me a Game Boy for, and I gave you all of my Star Wars comics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you got me on that one. I actually, mean, you, you might. Have, I'm telling you, you if you had hung on to that, it's probably worth more than those comics are now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you um, see, I, 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 where it is. I knew that going in and I, I knew you were getting uh -huh. more value. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> I will say in my defense of stupidity that um, during that time I had for like two or three years, I had temporarily stopped buying comic books. I just, you know, I was working, you know, retail and, and, you know, didn't have a lot of spending money and all this stuff. So I thought I was quitting and you know, what a terrible thing I did. I, I you know, I changed my mind years later, but years later. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to buy any more. So I said, OK, I'll I'll do the trade because I wanted a Game Boy, I guess, and didn't think I was going to keep buying comics. So it all it, it was fine. It was fair. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, I'm gonna, now, now I want them, but uh, I, I'm going to I have the trade paperback. I'm going to hold you to that. And so if you ever, ever, ever bring this up again, I'm just going to play that little clip that you just said. Oh, it was fair. Well, I, I, I don't know. I uh, perhaps if you would like to study chemistry with uh, my mm. my partner Stegron. Mm. <laughs> this this has really gone south. Uh, all right, so so you get the idea. Not only yeah. so now, so now we're not talking about movies that are based on comics. We're talking about comics that are based on movies, which is really. Uh, one of the earliest ways that comics started kind of breaking out in the 70s from uh, Star Wars and, and on from there. So what I'm going to I'm going to give okay. you a title of a movie and you tell me yes or no, if there is a comic book that was based on that movie. Are you ready? Okay. There's, I'm ready. there's 10 of these. Let's see how many of the 10 you can get. <clears throat> Number one, Buckaroo Banzai. Yes. Correct. Number two, Planet of the Apes. Yes. Absolutely. I in fact they had a I think Marvel had a long running Planet of the Apes series, didn't they? Probably. Number three, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. I'm gonna say no. You are correct. There was no E.T. That that's kind of amazing when you consider how many products launched out of et which you think there would have been at least a kid's comic book <clears throat> right but yeah and i don't want to think about product issuing out of et anymore i should <laughs> never have said that that goes along with the palm of butter or whatever you said <laughs> all right number four are you ready yeah tron the original I mean, I don't know if there was one like, you know, 15 years ago or something. I don't think there was one originally when the first movie came out. So I'm going to say no, but I, I'm i not sure about that. I have a yes for that one. Okay. Okay. I have a yes for that what? one, but, but we can double check that. I, I don't have all my... I don't have all my research here with me. So let me double check that one. It's very possible, again, like maybe in the early 2000s, there was... a independent company that put it out it's very possible okay. i just I, I don't believe there was like one when the movie first came out but I, again who knows okay next up this is number five we're almost halfway through the breakfast club <laughs> i'm gonna say no but if there is one i need to find it i thought that was one of my clever more clever ideas i thought you know you might actually think that there was some indie you know version or somebody did it in a you know but no, there is no Breakfast Club comic. <laughs> Didn't we see that together? We did. Yes, we did. Favorite, right. probably <clears throat> favorite movie of the eighties. Yes. Yeah, all it's right. pretty. It's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, all right, number 
Six. Bambi. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say yes. I'm, I, there's got to be some Disney comic book with Bambi on it. You are correct. You are correct. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. All right. Right now you're five out of six. That's pretty good. <clears throat> next one up is Ready Player One. Hmm. I know I would think there would be a comic book, but I don't remember ever seeing one, so I'm going to say no. You are correct. There, right. there is. I'm not sure. Well, I'll come. I'll come to a point in just when we get to the end of this. So number okay. eight, Little Shop of Horrors. I think there was one. Maybe, maybe even if it was just a one shot. I'm going to say yes. You're correct. You wow. are correct. Right. Seven out of eight. All right. All right. Disney's The Black Hole. Was an interesting movie. Uh, Scared the heck out of me when I was a kid. It did me a little. I, I saw it at the theater and haven't seen it since. But I would like to revisit it. Maybe it, it's um, on. It's on Disney Plus, and I mean, it's got a creepy vibe to it. The whole thing just yeah. feel, feels really strange. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I can bring myself to watch it again. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. You are correct. You are. What is that? You are. Eight for nine. So here we go with the last one. Jaws. There, I want to say there was a like a Marvel, sort of like a graphic novel type of thing, maybe done like the original Kiss comic book in that format. I'm going to go with yes. That's no. So there was a yes for Jaws 2. They actually did one. That's the one you're thinking of. They did it in that format, and it was the second Jaws movie, but not for the original Jaws. That was that was unfair, Chris. I thought that was very fair, and you got nine out of ten. I, you got nine out of ten. What do you want? Because because the <laughs> because oh no, there's it's not a Jaws comic. It's a Jaws two comic. <laughs> come, come on, man. <laughs> well, first of all, let, let's 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 get real here. All right. Who even remembers Jaws 2? I so, remember Jaws 3 because Leah Thompson was in it. So clearly, Jaws, you, Jaws know, two, yeah. you know, so Marvel jumped on the bandwagon. Jaws was, you know, was generally considered the first major blockbuster, but clearly Marvel hadn't gotten in on that. They didn't know it was going to be as big, but they, you know, that's why they jumped in on Star Wars. Um, yeah. But they, they were trying to make up for it, I think, with Jaws 2 bad idea You're uh, right, right but um so no but there is no original jaws comic dang all right so nine out of ten that's pretty good eight or is that eight, eight out of ten eight out of ten that's still really good 80 percent right. i'd take it in a college course <laughs> good good all right taught by the lizard Oh, I was waiting for your voice. I'm sorry. Oh, I must have. I must have. I said I would. I would take an eighty in a college course taught by the lizard. And I was waiting for your lizard voice. Oh, 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 oh! Well, I don't. I, you know, it's somewhat like Sean Connery. I realized that Sean Connery has. He should have been the voice for the lizard. It, he should have. Excuse me, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm entertaining myself now. Horse whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so mightier. Uh, amazingly, one last thing. Amazing. I like the word. I like that choice. Amazing because it's a Spider-Man podcast. Thank you, David. Yeah. Uh, before we end our show, I have to, you know, like really get excited about the fact that we have some email from a listener. This is from a uh, listener, Mike. Hi, listener. <laughs> listener, Mike. And <laughs> here is, here is what he wrote us. Hey guys, great episode this week on lame characters. I was laughing throughout. Thank goodness for that. Here's my vote for lamest character. 
Warlock, and here he's referencing the Warlock from New Mutants. Mm -hmm. Years ago, when I heard they were coming up with a new Warlock, I got excited because I always liked the original one. I just can't stand this guy. It single-handedly turns me off of any comic that he appears in. (laughs) And then he provides a quote of the way Warlock talks, and I can't do a Warlock voice, but self-friend Doug, which of self's human forms do you find most pleasing? And Listener, <laughs> listener, Mike's response is none of them. I absolutely can't stand the way you talk. Awful, most hated character in comics for me. <laughs> Keep up the work, the good work, guys. Wow. So thank you, Mike. <laughs> Mike cares not for Warlock. And, and Cyber that he melded with was awful too. But uh, yeah, Warlock, it's like, didn't I think Bill Sienkiewicz created him? He did, he did, but you can kind of see it. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine he'd be sort of difficult to draw, but appearance-wise, I didn't mind him. But uh, listener Mike is right. Um, the way he talked, I can't stand it, and I hate reading everything he appears in. So I mean, but I never understood why he was in New Mutants. He's not a mutant. No. He's just an alien. Um, it, make, it makes no sense. It, I will say that. The character makes no sense in the context of the mutant books. Well, there was, uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, he got his own series. Oh. And I just remember distinctly, he w- he formed into some type of airplane or something and flying. And I, I, I've, I've always despised when characters <laughs> that can change their shape turn into something that runs off of you know <laughs> gasoline or some type of energy first of all first of all how you gonna know what an airplane is made out of before you can even turn into it right you know and then second of all how are you gonna fly you don't you don't have gasoline inside of you so i or or you know some type of energy you know I don't know. I've always hated that stuff like that. And you need energon cubes. <laughs> Is that how Warlock talks? No, talk? no, that was my that was my best. And and when I say best, meaning not very good, Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. I had a conversation about Optimus Ult- uh, oh. <laughs> Optimus Prime. Optimus <laughs> Prime. Yes, he's a flat flat thop and stick though. <laughs> Yeah, a friend of mine was saying just last night that during the original cartoon movie at the theater when he was a little kid, he watched it when Optimus, I guess it was Optimus Prime, I didn't see it, but when Optimus Prime died, him and that's his a, friends were crying. That's a good movie. It really is. And it's amazing that, and by the way, I've thought a lot about that because, you know, there's this there's this planet-sized Transformer in the movie who's voiced by Orson Welles, which is amazing in and of itself, but... And his name is Unicron, and with the rise of uh, Omicron in our, in uh, COVID world, that's all I keep yeah. thinking. When I first heard that, I was like, oh, Unicron's finally taking over. Unicron? So was he like a planet-sized transformer Trend. that had a horn, horn on his head? Yeah. He actually did. I think he did have horns did- on his He had horns. What, so, what the heck? So I don't know what the Unicron, what the Una part of it was, except he was you one know, planet. I had one one thing on my foot um, recently. It was a unicorn. <laughs> that was dumb. It's really awful, but I'm laughing at it nonetheless. That's because we're like old and, you know... <laughs> As teenagers, we probably wouldn't have found that funny. But uh, I don't know. We we probably would have. Uh, probably. So thank you, listener Mike, for pointing out Warlock. Uh, and that is true that Marvel has two Warlock characters. And, and why was he called Warlock? Yeah, it, it, that gets kind of confusing to me. You know, uh, he wasn't Marvel. A, he wasn't a a, wit, a male witch. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, right. Why not call him? But then neither was Warlock. Adam Warlock, was he? No, you're right. No. <laughs> but I think they just like the word Warlock. Who doesn't? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, 
I think we're going to close things out. So I want to remind everyone to please share your listener emails with us. Our email address is mwahahacast, B-W-A-H-A-H-A-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And we welcome your commentary and we will share them on upcoming episodes. And uh, I want to thank also uh, Tom Curry for originating this show idea and for providing our uh, logo and graphics. We really appreciate that as well. So David, you got any last thoughts? Uh, surprisingly not. I, I, I think I've gotten it all out. All I'm going to say is big wheel, keep on turning. <laughs> <laughs> Proud Mary, keep on burning. Well, I was trying to think of the daredevil villain. What's, what's her name? Something Mary. Typhoid Mary. Yeah. That see, that would have been perfect. Ty, typhoid Mary, keep on burning. <laughs> But see, I told you when I said I had nothing, my mind had literally gone blank. So that explains my lack of a response to your proud Mary or whatever. All right. We're going to leave it at that. (laughs) And I think everybody's going to be very happy that we're leaving it at that. Uh, So, David, have yourself uh, a a merry little whatever month it is, January, February. And we'll see you next time. See you, Chris. As a, as a comic book creator, you just sit there and go, you know, I've got to think of something, someone worthy. You know, this, the rhino can't beat him. The juggernaut who's unstoppable can't beat him. But maybe the hypno hustler can.